Welcome to Star Wars Rant Podcast, episode 17. I'm your host, Brian Seddon, along with Chad Viss. Greets. And Brian North. Go Cubs. Oh, come on. What in the world? Are you even a Cubs fan? No. <laughs> Why would you do that? It's, it's relevant. Know, it's, relevant. Goes, it's relevant. Chad goes for the Vikings. I got to go for somebody. Yeah, the other NFL team. The Cubs. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, thanks for joining us for a, uh, a great episode that we have planned for you. There's actually a lot going on, so a lot to talk about. Some Episode 8 news, some uh, Rogue One news. Uh, we'll talk about Rebels. We got Searching the Archives. We got Question of the Day, and then we'll see what else uh, comes up. But to start with, this is a little off topic, but Chad was mentioning that um, he saw the latest Ghostbusters movie um, with the... Uh, the girl the ladies team, the girl squad so what'd you what'd you think chad you know it wasn't terrible it was all right it was yeah i went into it not expecting original ghostbusters not expecting even really a good movie and it was fun it was okay. real colorful there are a lot of bright lights blues greens and reds okay and the saturday Kinda night sounds Live. like a star wars movie yeah or harry potter even you know the, so I'd uh, like to see that review on the poster, though. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> yeah, lots of bright lights. Yeah. Saturday Night Live girls, pretty funny. Yeah. No, um, they were. I, I, I like Kristen Wiig. She's funny. Uh, Kate McKinnon was funny. Uh, the Les, Leslie, she's she cracks me up. That girl's that girl's a funny girl right there. And then there were cameos by all the original Ghostbusters, uh, besides the one who is not alive anymore. Harold Ramis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just, I don't like stuff like that. When you reboot it with a whole new team, you know, um, when when the original team's there and they could have just picked it up and ran with it, but. Um, yeah. It was, I mean, I wouldn't buy, like, we didn't go see it in the theater and then I wouldn't buy it, but it was definitely worth watching for two hours. You know, like it, I've seen worse like, movies. And a yeah, dollar at Redbox. Right. To me, just even like the dialogue I saw in the trailers looked like, you know, looked pretty cheesy compared to. It like is. The it's not. Ones. You can't. Yeah. You cannot compare it to the original. It is not yeah. trying to be the original. It's not trying to even be as serious as that one was. It is a, a spoof funny. Like, we know this is not the original. We're just going to have fun with it movie. And that's you can't expect it to compare it because it doesn't. Hmm. And if you don't compare it, it's OK. <clears throat> all right well uh there's your your re- movie review from chad yeah um join us next week and he reviews 50 shades of gray no oh no, no? okay uh, no <laughs> all right so um you know why don't we just jump into what's going on in the uh star wars universe here what's going on what's going on what's going on buddy some episode eight news um i'm sorry episode seven news the force awakens um the star wars force awakens blu-ray 3d dvd i'm not happy about this not happy about this uh is being released i don't have the release date don't really care when it releases because who the freak has a 3d tv like there's like 10 people maybe because who wants to watch 3d tv i mean let's be honest um but uh so they're releasing this and there's some extra deleted scenes and there's a i guess the big thing is jj abrams has a um a commentary on the the entire movie so um that's a couple things that we'll talk about but before we get into that uh, i want to just echo chad's comments you know i think i think it's ridiculous you know i bought the force awakens the digital copy of it um a blu-ray and I got all the special features, and they continue to just to release these other DVDs with more special features. Like, just give it all to us. You know what I mean? I already paid. I paid to see the movie two times in the movie theater. I've bought the DVD Weak. now. Aren't I entitled to to have it all? You're entitled to nothing, sir. But 
it's dumb that yeah that you can only get certain deleted scenes and such in this version that that's disappointing yeah it's gonna so. end up on youtube somewhere or another well, I understand that, but it's just the principle. It's the principle of the of the matter. Is it is it a 4K version too, or just the 3D version? No idea. I know it's okay. I know it's, it's uh, 3D for sure. It's the holographic version. Yeah, the car, the cover is different. I just it seems like 4K would be a better use. Well, yeah. Of I mean, who has a 3D? Version. I don't know anybody that has a 3D TV. Yeah, that's kind of done. Yeah. I, I think that was a, a fad for about two weeks, and then people realized it was retarded and moved on, right? Right, yeah. So, but nonetheless, we're going to talk about uh, some of the J.J. Abrams commentary um, and one deleted scene. So, you know, let's start off with the deleted scene, and um, I sent you guys the video, and we'll post it on our um, Facebook page, um, Star Wars Rant podcast uh, page on Facebook. Um, so be sure to check it out. But it is actually a scene with um, Chewbacca and um, Uncar Plutt. Did I say that last name right? Plutt. I think so. Um, basically, he's in there. It's when they're in uh, Maz's uh, uh, castle, and he tracks down Ray and um, confronts her about. Uh, you know, leaving Jakku and taking his ship. And um, they kind of get into an altercation. Um, but then Chewbacca steps in, and the scene has um, Unkar poking Chewbacca on his injured arm. And then um, Chewbacca proceeds to basically rip out um, Unkar's arm. So, uh, should it have been left in? What do you guys think? Um,. If they wanted to get closer to A New Hope, they definitely could uh, because uh, people just kept complaining about things being so similar to A New Hope and having a scene where somebody is um, ripping somebody's arm off or cutting somebody's arm off is definitely a another callback to A New Hope. So I'm glad they left it out. Um, well, Han Solo did warn um, about the possibility of a Wookiee uh, ripping people's arms out of their sockets. So mm -hmm. it would have at least um, shown shown us that for the first time. But, uh, you know, I would have been I would have been okay if they left it in. I would have been okay. You know, I'm okay that they left it out. To me, it didn't really move the story along to have him back and confront Ray. Um, so I understand why they why they p pulled it out. So, um, <laughs> so next, uh, let's move on to J.J. Abrams. Um, commentary on, uh, you know, let's do on why, uh, Kylo Ren, um, killed Han Solo. Not so much why, but more so, um, you know, was it, was it pre-planned? Was it premeditated or was it just a spur of the moment, um, deal? So I'm going to go ahead and actually play the audio for you and, um, and again, we'll post all this on the Facebook page, but basically when you hear him talking, it's the video is showing the actual scene from the movie. So keep that in mind. People have asked me if I think that Kylo Ren was just playing with him the whole time, if he meant to kill him from the beginning. And the truth is, I think that Kylo Ren in this moment is actually being... Uh, convinced to walk away from this Snoke is as Han says using him and I think that somewhere Ben knows this but I think that he can't accept it deep down he has gone too far we were working on this scene quite a bit trying to find the right rhythm and it was actually John Kasdan Larry's son, who helped us with this, and I think really helped us get to a place where there was a lot of emotion, uh, but also this this sort of raw uncertainty of what was going to happen. I want to be free of this pain. Uh, obviously, anytime two characters in Star Wars go out uh, on an incredibly thin bridge, ten miles above the ground uh, with no railings, it's not going to end well for one of them. 
So there you have it. Uh, so that, you know, seems to uh, say to me that he, uh, you know, was not necessarily premeditated. He kind of made the, the decision at the spur of the moment. What do you guys think? Yeah, I uh, I read another article earlier this week, maybe it even been today, uh, fan theory where they were saying that maybe even Han turned the lightsaber on. Nah, I, you know, I saw that somewhere. I can't see that. Both their hands were on it. You know, I don't know. They don't show specifically. And he says it's okay. Doesn't Han say it's okay or something like that right before? Yeah, but why and would? He, and then he touches his face. I mean, it could turn. It could that could go back to Double Kylo agent. Ren, right? Not really being, just needing to convince Snoke. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think. Uh, do you, so? Do you guys think in Episode Eight that we will see? Uh, we'll get more answer to that. That particular scene, or yeah, sure, maybe, maybe he'll be confronted by his mom or something on how could you do that or yeah, you know, it wasn't me, mom, dad did it. All right. Well, and I know the the books give a little bit of detail about you know when he found out about his grandfather, um, but you would think episode eight's going to explore some of his background story. Um, answer some of those questions for us so um, anyway uh, so that that was new Um, and then the other J.J. Abrams clip we'll play is him talking about uh, Ray's vision scene when she was in Maz's castle and she touched the lightsaber so uh, let's go ahead and give that a a listen shall we let's shall in this scene she's drawn to this place almost like Cinderella and she goes to this box which when she opens uh, she discovers something that of course has no meaning to her she's never seen this before doesn't know what it is but has meaning to the audience touching the lightsaber triggers what we called the force back there were many iterations of this in, in one, from this Cloud City corridor, she looked down and saw Vader fighting Luke, which we ended up cutting. We wanted it to be a more personal story, something that she couldn't comprehend that was overwhelming to her, frightening to her, that was taking her through all these elemental experiences of fire, of rain, snow, wind, but also that she was being confronted with truths about the Force, about the past, the Knights of Ren here, the past for herself. She realizes the cries she heard were actually her own cries as a young girl being taken away from her family. And then she hears a voice, Ray, and that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right, so <clears throat> um, I don't know if there's anything new there other than um, they cut out the fact of her seeing Vader and Luke fighting in Cloud City. Um, did you read that in the... And the novel, Chad, did you read the Force Awakens novel? No, okay. no, I haven't. <clears throat> I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Um, so that's kind of interesting um, that they that they cut that out. But, uh, you know, everything else in there, I think we all kind of understood what we were seeing. But nonetheless, it's still interesting to hear J.J. Um, comment on that, as that was, you know, a pretty big uh, scene in the movie. So moving right along uh, in the uh, news segment here, uh, Knights of the Old Republic uh, PC game, Knights of the Eternal Throne, there's an expansion um, called Betrayed. And uh, Cody Smith, uh, one of our listeners and friends, actually uh, sent this to us. It's a, I think it's like a seven-minute trailer. Um for this expansion, it's making some news. You know, if, if you are uh, looking up things about Star Wars online, you'll probably see it. But it's worth checking out. I don't play the game. I don't really play PC games at all. I'm not really into those. Um, I prefer console, and I don't even have time to really do those. But uh, um, 
if you check out our Facebook page, you'll see the trailer. Um, it's actually a good little story. It's got it's about this um, uh, this mother and her child, and the the mother is a type. I guess she, I don't know if she is a Jedi or she's definitely she has to be. She has a lightsaber and she uses a force. So, um, but her child has force abilities, uh, which seem to be strong. She gets taken by the uh, this master um, to looks like a like a Sith training temple. And basically she becomes dark and uh, the mother tries to rescue her. And long story short, when you watch the trailer, you see them. um, Obviously, there's a conflict between the mother and the daughter. But I would check it out. Uh, It's a cool little seven-minute trailer to this game. Uh, I would makes me want to play the game, but because it's on PC, I never will. So you guys saw that, yeah? Yeah, it's real good. It's... At E3 last year, the year before, they showed an expansion where two twins, uh, it's like a trailer like this and it's CG, uh, but two twins fight alongside each other and end up going against each other. One turns good, one turns bad, and this is their little sister. So it ties into one of the other expansions from previous, I think from about a year ago or so. Huh. All right. So interesting. Um, all right, some Rogue One news. Uh, there's the uh, some information about the book that's coming out. That is the lead up to the film Rogue One. The book coming out is Star Wars Catalyst. Uh, it's a Rogue One novel. Um, it is written by James uh, Lucino, and um, it comes out on November fifteenth. So, if you want to know some more of the background story of rogue one this is definitely a book that you're going to want to pick up um as it it prepares you for the rogue one story and obviously this would take place um you know i i think it actually jumps a little bit i think there's a little bit of this that takes place during the clone wars and through revenge of the sith and then and then afterwards so Hmm. um but a little bit about the story um it acts as a lead-up to the Rogue One film by focusing on two characters who play important roles in the construction of the Death Star. Scientist Galen Erso, um, who's played by Mads Mikkelsen, and ambitious Imperial officer Orson Krennic. Um, and then uh, Felicity, Felicity Jones, or uh, his character Jen Erso, is also in the uh, book. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo, he's a creative executive in Lucasfilm. Um, he promises that the book will answer some of the questions about the history of the Death Star, um, which we all know annihilated the planet Alderaan. Um, so a little more for, about that from Hidalgo. He says, everyone knows about the Death Star as this as this way larger than life concept. It's hard to wrap your head around this weapon that's so powerful. But this is the idea of understanding uh, who were some of its architects and what were they thinking says it's no accident that we are taking a look at the Manhattan Project and what was happening at Los Alamos Laboratories during the tail end of World War II. Being able to look at that kind of thing through history and then apply it to the Star Wars filter is really fascinating. So um, obviously we know that Krennic's a mastermind, but Galen is the genius. Uh, Krennic is trying to get the information from Galen to be able to build the uh, the Death Star. Um So let's see, Hildago goes on to say, all the twists and turns that those kinds of relationships can take in the development of something as big as, in this case, the Death Star and not Facebook. So just talking about uh, the relationship between Galen and uh, Krennic. Um, Grand uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, he will be in the uh, story as well. Um, And uh, you'll get to find out about... uh, Jyn Erso's mother. Um, you'll get to see Krennic meeting a baby Jyn Erso in the book. Um, and then, uh, let's see, Pablo says, you'll start to see puzzle pieces start to connect and you'll understand things about Jen from reading this book that you might not have uh, otherwise. So, um, anyway, pretty good. Also online is a um, an excerpt from chapter five of the book. I was reading a little bit of it. Um, again, we'll post the link to our Facebook page and put it on Twitter at Star Wars Rant. But, um, you know, so you can actually read an excerpt of it. But it comes out November 15th, and I think that is a must-read. That's something 
that I'll definitely try to read before the movie comes out. Lastly, we got to talk about Rebels. Yeah. Are you guys, are you guys caught up? Yes. What episode number was this last episode of Hera's, Hera's Heroes? Uh, according to the outline, 3.04. So number four. So that's from uh, Rebels Recon, right? What yep. uh, Or Reclassified or whatever that's called. Um, it's actually, I believe it's actually episode four. Um, right. right, that's why I said yeah. three or four. You mean episode five because the first episode was a two-parter that they crammed the norm. No, so and the reason why we're talking about this is because as I, you know, if you look, if you look in different places on the internet or listen to different podcasts, everyone's messed up on the episodes. So didn't we didn't we clear it yeah, up we last week? So episode that first one that came out that was an hour was episode one and two, right. Then we had episode three. What was the Wedge and Tilly's episode? What number was that? That was number three. I'm just kidding. Just treat the first one like the first episode, because I feel like that's what a lot of people are doing now, and this is the fourth episode. But that's not right. It's not right. When I look at my direct TV, when I look at the guide, it tells me Hera's <laughs> Heroes was episode four. Is that right? Now I'm all confused. It's a problem. It's a, it's a major problem. Obviously, obviously, um, and we can't figure it out. And who cares? So, Hera's heroes was last. Hera's heroes. So, uh, just a quick recap: she goes to save her father from the Empire, um, Cham Sedula, I think is how you say his name. Uh, you get to see her homeworld. Um, a cool scene that happens right in the beginning there was the scout seat. Uh, the scout speeder scene. Um, basically, this scout slows on um, his uh, speeder, ends up backing up into the ghost ship, and uh, it's kind of a funny scene. Zeb says, well, you didn't really think about that, or that wasn't really thought out. And uh, But a lot of people love that scene. Ezra takes his armor, so he gets to add to his collection. So that was kind of cool to see that. Um, Hera's family. Uh, it's about The episode's about Hera's family heirloom. They call it a calicori. Um, basically, it's kind of like a quilting blanket. Is that what you call those? What do you call those things? Yeah. Like that you pass down, like where each family member. or Adds something to it. Each family adds something to it. We don't do that in my family. But um, if you do that, cool. You know, good for you. But um, and then uh, so basically that calicori is uh, the, the Empire occupies her home planet. Rylath, I think it's called. Um, and she wants to go back and get this Calicori because it, it means something to her. And she sneaks into her childhood home with Ezra to try to get this. Um, that's where we find out that her mother, um, you know, died, right? And um, and I think her mother was the one that put together this Calicori. So it, it has significance to her. Um they're captured by Admiral Thrawn, so we get to see Admiral Thrawn return. Um, and then uh, they end up escaping. She actually destroys her home to escape. And that's kind of a, a synopsis of it. And there's a lot of things that happen in between there. But um, it was a good episode. I loved seeing Thrawn back. Um, you know, before I give all my thoughts, what uh, what would you guys pull out from the episode? Uh, well, now we know that the Ghost Crew knows of Theron's existence because now he's kind of revealed to Ezra, um, and then that he's around and that he's a threat. Um, I didn't know that the because um, I never made the connection that the main guy who is like Jabba's like right hand dude. Um, I didn't realize that he was. A Twi'lek until I watched this episode because all the male Twi'leks had that enlarged forehead. Um, so I, I finally made that connection. So I thought that was kind of pretty cool. Cool. Um, so um, I thought it was a good story. Um, I think it was another type of Wedge and Tilly's character where it wasn't really something that 
um, was really like a groundbreaking moment, but it moved the story along a little bit farther, especially with Thrawn. I definitely feel the Thrawn buildup of them kind of playing this cat and mouse game with Thrawn until he's ready to make his big move on, on the Rebels. Yeah, it's just we got to see a lot of Hera kind of made her more of a real person. Like, you kind of see some of her background. But uh, the best part of it was Thrawn and his strategery and how he's he's fighting this battle, Um, even to the point where he lets them go at the end. Um, And that plays into it. And just his cold, calculated, you get to see his, like, he's kind quote-unquote, to Hera. He's polite. He's almost nice to her. When he really is obviously her enemy. And then his subordinate, the Imperial officer, he cannot stand his lack of ability, his inability to just be an officer. His sloppiness. um, And almost loses his temper at one point. Grabs him by the, the collar and catches himself and straightens himself out he's very dignified and he tries to to keep that persona with the enemy and with his his own army um and i think that's important to him and it's interesting to see that part of him to where yeah i mean he was he was really polite to Hera and just like you know sorry to inconvenience you here's your tall sorry about that you know and it was it was interesting. I like that. Yeah, I thought um, so. I thought it was it was great to see Hera's backstory. Um, we haven't really seen much of that. So, and we haven't really seen much of her and Ezra alone together, which we got to see. Um, wow. To kind of build the okay cougar, um, kind of build that relationship though a little bit. We like, <laughs> but uh, but the, yeah, then the Thrawn, you know, again, I don't know a lot about Thrawn as far as, you know, I, I didn't read Legends or, or Expanded Universe, but to your point, Chad, yeah, I mean, I you, you almost like, like part of you is like, man, I could follow that guy because he is so, you, you, he's super intelligent. I mean, you can tell um, he has a sense of, of honor, it almost seems like, even yeah. though he is a villain, which is, it's admirable. It's like really yeah. respectable. And, um, you know, he has an appreciation for, for the arts. He has an appreciation for history. And, um, so yeah, that point where he was, he lost his temper with that, uh, you know, with that guy. Um, and then he kind of composed himself. And then also to your point when, you know, at the end, uh, when he lets them get away and he says, let them have their victory when they easily could have just blown them out of the sky. He, he got what he wanted. He got, he got some information and that's what he goes after is information. He's in it for the long term, for the it's like the long con, you know what I mean? So um and you just know because of that, because of the way he's analyzing them and, and gathering information and he keeps letting them go, you know at some point it's gonna hit the fan where he's he's gonna put the hammer down. Unleash you know it, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and that's it's actually going to make that moment so much better because you keep waiting for that to happen. Um, but I am definitely loving the Thrawn character. Yeah, I mean, so, there's a uh, quote that he says to Hera about, like, he studied the ways of war and she was forged by it. Kind of like a Batman Bane talk right. about darkness. <laughs> but uh, he, yeah. uh, but he, it's like a game to him. It's like his hobby is is war and and coming up with plans but on the flip side of that i just thought it was a good uh, kind of a cool thing that he pointed out that you know Hera was was you know throughout her childhood all the way up till now you know her whole life has been a war either either with the you know the separatists against the republic and the clone wars and and now the rebellion and just her whole life has just been raised around war and and having to survive and like we don't really see it as much i mean we see it a little bit in the clone wars the cartoon series but i don't think the saga movies really explain it that well where you know these separatist battle droid groups were taking over planets you know and these people had to fight 
you know, they were on their own until, you know, the Republic came and bailed them out. So, you know, you kind of see the perspective from the people where they've just been in constant war and takeover and occupancy of some sort of, you know, either the separatists or the or the empire for years and years and years. Well, and so speaking of separatists, next week's episode um, is called The Last War, I think it is. Um, so The Last Battle. And it has, uh, you're going to get to see the, the droids, um, again. And, uh, basically they end up going to, um, this planet and, uh, they run into some trouble. They, uh, they get ambushed by these clones. I'm not these clones, these, uh, droids who are left over from the drone wars. Um, so it's a pretty cool, um, pretty cool episode i think it's going to be to to see this they're calling it the last battle i'm going to play a quick clip that kind of explains what the episode's about how these drones are still going um not drones yeah, he uh, said droids are still yeah, he said uh, drones twice the drone wars yeah i'm sorry <laughs> how these uh how these droids are still uh activated and still going so um and we again this will be linked up as well where, where are we? How intriguing. Well done, V1268. Roger, Roger. Oh no. War. It's not over. Rex. Rex. Cody! Talk to me. Oh, Kanan. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were someone else. I need you here now, buddy. We're in the usual mess. I think the commander's a super tactical droid. You're right. He is. Is that bad? It's really bad. That droid's extremely intelligent. Near the end of the war, Separatist droids significantly outnumbered Republic units. By my calculations, our probability of being defeated was only 23.6%. After Clone Order 66, the whole droid army was given a shutdown command. How are you even operating? The Jedi betrayal ended the war for most of the galaxy, but here on Agamar, I assumed it was a Republic trick and prevented the shutdown command. Well, it doesn't matter how it ended. The war is over. Let us go! Negative, Captain. I calculate that this will be my only opportunity to end the Clone Wars as I planned, with a victory for the Separatist Alliance. So are they, are they going to kill Rex? Is Rex going to die? Uh, <clears throat> nah. If if he did die, I think it would be him sacrificing himself for the others. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> Regardless of how, will he die this week? Uh, maybe we got to start knocking off these heroes. That's a good point. Hey, here's a thought that I just, you mentioning Rex and I was thinking, oh, you know, you can't knock him off because he's like the last of the clones. But I thought about another clone that they haven't showed yet in Rebels, which I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't made an appearance yet. And that's Boba Fett. Hmm. He's out collecting bounties. (laughs) Collecting those bounties. Right, gotta pay the bills. Hey, speaking of bounty hunters, though, Chad, here's a plug-in first. Great Star Wars game, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Yeah, old school. Yeah, school. Is I. Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna was uh, Jabba's manservant. Yep. The Twi'lek. Who died? No Jabba, no bother. It is kind of weird that he wrapped his, uh, yeah, his little. It's like a scarf. Yeah, whatever those things. I don't know what they call those things. They're, they're things that hang from their head. But, uh-huh. but yeah, he he did. He wrapped it around his neck. Um, it's kind of odd. Anyway, um, all right. Well, that's uh, what's going on. Let's move on to searching the archives. Worthy of recognition in the archives of the Jedi Order. The advantage of old archive data. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. 
If an item does not appear in our records, it does not exist. Bring me the archive data. All right, so bear with me this week. My voice is a little raspy. Um, as I was doing some talking, we talked about it last week, uh, lightsabers and the colors and what they mean. And, you know, with Disney buying uh, LucasArts and all the Star Wars stuff, a lot of the canon no longer is canon, and we've talked about that before. Um, <clears throat> so the there used to be where each color of lightsaber was identified with a personality of the wielder. Um, however, that hasn't carried over specifically um, to the new canon. There are a specific colors that are part of canon still, um, and we lost a few. Uh, once Disney did kind of reset that. Um, but they didn't keep the whole personalities and what the colors really kind of mean. But I'm going to still go through them because I, I think they still kind of fit, even though they haven't been specifically identified as canon anymore. Uh, but I'm going to go through those. So Brian mentioned last week there are seven colors. They are green, blue, red, purple, yellow, white, and black. So those are the seven colors that are canon, and there are lightsabers in either the movies, uh, the books, or the cartoons uh, that identify with these colors. So um, <clears throat> I wanted to say with the personalities, which one, uh, which color lightsaber would, would each of one of us wield based on the other two's opinion, not our own. Um, and we could still do that at the end here, but um, let me run through what I've got. The green ones were known as peace through force um the the personality that kind of went with it was the negotiation and meditation um and they were strong in the force the people that wielded these um and you have luke qui-gon and yoda are the most notable um jedi that wield the green lightsaber then we have the blue lightsaber which stood for justice and protection um, skilled, they were the most skilled lightsaber warriors. They were the best at the actual lightsaber battles. Um, we have Obi-Wan and Anakin being the, the main two guys that did the blue. Obviously, Luke had the blue at first, but when he finally made his own, it was green. Uh, red, which has changed even as recently as the Ahsoka book that Brian mentioned. Uh, but it used to be, it. this is what it has stood for and still does evil and power um and we have found now through the ahsoka book that the sith don't the kyber crystals which make up the color and i'm going to jump a little bit into the kyber crystals the kyber crystals which make up the color of each lightsaber um originally don't have a color when the crystals are first found, and Brian had talked about in the past, where the Jedi Padawans will go on their gathering trial where they have to find the crystals um, on a few planets, either Lum, um, Dantooine, where the two planets that were most prevalent for kyber crystals. There are also some on Lothal, which is where Ezra is from. Um, but they're colorless, and they're basically just a rock until a Jedi gets a hold of them, and then they imbue them with the Force. And it can take days or more of strict meditation um, with the kyber crystal to actually empower it um, and make it into a lightsaber, to, to put the components together. And they use nothing but the Force to make their own lightsaber. So in Legends, Luke spent three days um, back at Obi-Wan's house on Tatooine with only R2 making his green lightsaber. Well, now, that is Legends. That's scene yeah, too. they have that deleted scene. What's that? There's a deleted scene of him doing... Uh, it doesn't show him using the Force. Right. I don't remember. He's but, like uh, with a screwdriver uh, in the deleted scene. Yeah. Uh, drill. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it takes... Yeah, it takes a lot of uh, concentration. Um, Maul used four kyber crystals to make his dual lightsaber... And he had to do it in a heart of a planet to where he had to use so much force meditation to not only put the lightsaber together, but also keep himself alive from the heat of the core planet. Um, it's one of the things that he was most proud of. Again, that's a Legends thing, so whatever. 
Um, but now we find out in Ahsoka and the way she explains it. What? No, whatever. Oh, okay. No. All right. Um, The way she explains it is that the Sith, or the book explains it, is that the Sith, Sith don't use, they they don't get kyber crystals naturally and then endue them with the Force like the Jedi do. They take, usually they take crystals from their enemies, uh, lightsabers, and then manipulate them with the Force and force them to be used in their own lightsabers, which causes them to quote-unquote bleed, which is why you get the red color for the for the Sith lightsabers, which is why those that use the dark side of the Force in canon now all have red lightsabers. Um, some of the legends also... Uh, mentioned that they would use synthetic crystals as well, not actual kyber crystals, uh, no. but use synthetics, which would again cause the red color. Um, but it's you know, so they're made from stolen crystals. Um, obviously, Vol, uh, Vader, Maul, Sidious, and then Kylo Ren. Um, and if you read the art book, I think it was uh, for the Force Awakens, Kylo Ren's crystal is actually cracked. Which is why it uh, looks unstable and doesn't have a fine-tuned, you know, blade. But it's very sporadic. It's because his kyber crystal is actually cracked inside. And that's why he has the quillins too, because it's more of an exhaust port. More right, than... they're vents. Right, they're vents. Yep. Not an actual crossbar. Right. So that's your red. Um, purple is stands for moral ambiguity. Um, the according again, this is the legends part. It uses both some of the light and dark side of the force. Mace Windu is the only one that has it. And the real reason that it's purple is because Samuel L. Jackson's favorite color is purple. And so he asked, he asked, uh, Lucas to, to use a purple lightsaber. And he said, okay, that's why so we have stupid. purple lightsabers. Dumb. Cause Samuel L. Jackson's favorite color is purple. It's the only Worst reason. actor in star Wars. Only reason. Um, <clears throat> yellow, the yellow stands for strength, uh, with the light side of the force. They are almost exclusively used by Jedi temple guards. Um, you'll see Ahsoka does have some that she wields in the clone wars a little bit, but almost exclusively they're used, uh, by t- temple guards. Uh, the white ones, which she eventually gets as well. Um, they are stand for obedience and service. And that's an obedience to a to the larger cause. Ahsoka is the only one in canon that we know of that uses the white. And then there is a black lightsaber, um, which stands for self-obsession. Uh, it's called the Dark Saber. Um, it was stolen from the Jedi by the Mandalorians, and you see it in the Clone Wars. And this one actually has a curved flat blade. It looks like a sword. Um, but it is a lightsaber, and it, it is used in the in the Clone Wars uh, cartoon. The Mandalorians have it, and they fight Obi Wan uh, and Anakin with it. So, those are the seven colors that are in canon. Kind of what the personality traits of the wielders are, um, and what they kind of stand for, and who are the most notable ones that have have wielded those. So, being and obviously it sounds like the ahsoka book adds a lot to that and there's even some more brian you sent me another email recently um about some more details with the lightsaber in the ahsoka book uh so i didn't read a ton of them because i didn't want to see spoilers from the book but they talked about her putting her what yellow lightsabers down so that the empire would think she was dead um and then she came back and got the white lightsabers based on the things that she kind of hoarded throughout the Clone Wars. She had this obsession to just hang on to pieces of things. And she didn't really know why, but she kept stuff. And then when she was without the lightsabers to make the Empire think she was dead, she realized all these pieces I have, I can make a new lightsaber with them and made her white white lightsabers. So <clears throat> as my voice deteriorates, based on those... What would we say that our color lightsabers would be? What would what would Beanob's lightsaber color be, Brian? Red. Yeah. I think he would choose red. I think he Brian B not gonna go into a cave and spend weeks making his no. own lightsaber. He's just gonna just kill somebody someone's. and take theirs. Yeah. Wow, that's terrible to say. 
<laughs> Maybe I want the black it's... one. Yeah, that's a good point. Self obsession? No, I'll hmm. definitely take the red. Yeah. What about Brian? Be now, what color is his? Uh, I'm gonna go. With Brian's gonna have purple. Purple. <laughs> the worst Why actor purple? in Star Wars. No, I would say Brian. Brian. Brian would be. Uh, Brian would definitely be a blue lightsaber guy. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. He, yeah, he would I be there to protect and to and to crack some skulls with his lightsaber. Yeah. Agreed. How about I mean, myself? I would say for you, Chad, you would be green. You would be the green because I see you more as like. Like if there's a fight going on, I feel like part of me would want to get in it. Where you would kind of like, hey guys, you know, let's find another <laughs> hey, way. Hey, let's to just hold this. hands and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I can. But, see where uh, would I be in this battle on the other on the other side? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, being up, Chad, let's talk. No, no, let's not fight. Yeah. All right. Well, so we all have our different lightsaber colors. Interesting. I uh, like it. Some something that I I uh, thought of when you talk about how they bend the force to change our lightsaber color. <laughs> One person you missed out uh, in name was Count Dooku, who was a Jedi mm. turned. So mm. possibly in canon, if they reveal it later on, could have been the same lightsaber. But over time, it changed from. I think he had green. It did. See, I was. I didn't know what he. What did he have before? I'm pretty he sure read. he had green. In the books that I read, they used to come out with a lot of those young. You know. Young yeah. Anakin, Obi Wan. They they had they had they had one where it was like four stories. One of young Dooku, young Qui Gon, young Obi Wan, young Anakin. It was a so, book that came out. So another ago. question is: in, um, at the end of Episode Seven, you know, Ray's trying to give or you know is, is handing over the lightsaber, the blue lightsaber, to Luke. Um, so in Episode Eight, is Luke going to have his green lightsaber? And what is He'll, Ray gonna take the blue? Right. I bet at first Luke assumedly still has his green one, right? Because that's his. The blue yeah. one is actually Anakin's. So right. I would assume while he's training Ray, Ray gets the blue one. And then depending on how they decide to go, either she makes her own by nine, you know, and maybe they give her a different color. Who knows? Or maybe she just keeps Anakin's and that may that may be significant too. That she uses yeah. Anakin's lightsaber. Right. It's kind of interesting. I hope she either. I hope they either reveal that she's like the next chosen one. She keeps that lightsaber and it stays within the chosen one. Um, or or I hope that somewhere down the line she gets her new lightsaber, and um, I think it would be very symbolic if there's ever turned back Kylo Ren ever turning back to the light by the end of it. For him to lay down his cross guard lightsaber and pick up Anakin's lightsaber, and that that lightsaber finally comes full circle. Well, say he wanted it for whatever reason. I mean, he wanted Anakin's lightsaber. Yeah, it doesn't have a cracked crystal. <laughs> right. Now well, he also collects things as well that are Vader's. Now, yeah. did uh, in Attack of the Clones doesn't Anakin mention to Obi Wan that he's lo- has he lost his lightsaber before? Because remember, he drops it on that little yeah. flying car, and he he apologizes Obi to Obi Wan about sorry, Master. Yeah, but he he gets it again. Wait, um, what, wait, what are you? What time are you talking about? Back that when up when they're chasing when they're chasing the, the shapeshifter. Okay, he gets that lightsaber back. Obi Wan gives it. He to does him outside the bar, but right and Geonosis, But doesn't he mention that he it, it's if I recall that he's before. lost one before, or am I misremembering? Yeah. Well, I don't. There is that conversation. I don't know if it's that he's lost. He lost one and never found it, or, or he keeps like, hey man, this you, one. like you lost your keys. Yeah, you yeah. know, like dude, you, you lose your keys like every day. You know what I mean, that kind of deal. Yeah. Right. It's and, just because between episode one and two, Anakin has made this lightsaber. Right, but then he's right. but that's he's not the, no, but that's not the one from episode three because that one gets. That one gets messed up on, in the factory in Geonosis. That's right. It gets chopped in half. And and that those lights his they're similar. Those light, two lightsabers are very similar, but they're different. Both Obi Wan and Anakin have a lightsaber hilt change from Episode Two to Episode Three, because Obi Wan keeps that. Obi Wan keeps that same. He has like the one with like the spikes at the bottom. He has that in Episode One and Episode Two. 
But then he goes to the one that he had in episode four when he fights. Is Vader. there an explanation for him changing, or it just I don't, changes? I don't remember. I know for a little Obviously, bit. Obviously, you're. I forgot about that. Or Anakin's arm gets put in that metal, and then they it chops the the lightsaber in half, and he no longer has the lightsaber. Right. I forgot about that. So yeah, but Obi Wan changes. So I don't know if it. You would have to check back. Uh, it's interesting to see what lightsaber Obi Wan has is sporting during the Clone Wars, the TV series. Yeah, yeah. Um, to see, because that's where he really made the change. And it, his lightsaber in A New Hope is similar to what Luke's looks like. They're very similar. Yeah, that's that's cool. See, there are cool things with little stuff like this. I mean, they they have thought those things out. It's not just happenstance. So, so, um, so what do you think happens though? Like. <clears throat> Like and maybe you guys know this, maybe you don't. But when when a Jedi dies, like what happens to his lightsaber? Like what happened to Qui Gon's lightsaber? And um, I would assume you know, I don't even know if Yoda still had his by the time he died. But uh, you know, I wonder. It's uh, a good question. You know what they do with those? Um. Well, Obi Wan. I mean, in the books, I know they're legends now. They're not really canon anymore. But there was a time, there was like a couple books afterwards. I remember one, like they came out with a book of like an adventure of like Anakin and Obi-Wan. And the cover was Obi-Wan holding, having Qui-Gon's lightsaber. So a lot of people before Attack of the Clones came out thought that maybe Obi-Wan was going to have Anakin, Qui-Gon's lightsaber going into Attack of the Clones. Wait, you know what though? In... And I could remember wrong too. And Phantom Menace, when he fell down that hole, but held on to the that little nub or whatever's there, did his lightsaber fall down well, when he got back yeah, up? Yeah, Maul, ki- Maul kicks it, and then he uses Qui Gon to take out Maul. That's right. Oh, so he so he had Qui Gon's. Right. So that's what happened to his. Then. No, but he replaces it with the same hilt in Attack of the Clones. You would think that they would when they made Attack huh. of the Clones that he would have jumped straight to the one that he had in the New Hope. But it wasn't until he didn't have that lightsaber until Revenge of the Sith. It's interesting. So on Reddit, which you find all truth. Ken Bone. Uh, <laughs> this is from two years ago. But uh, a lot of people are saying that, and again, this is fan theories and probably legends. A lot of times they were buried, if the body was still there, they was buried with their owner. Um, if not, a lot of them were just simply given to Padawans until um, they were able to build their own. Hand me down lightsabers. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't really see a lot of that happening, especially yeah. during, especially prior to the Clone Wars, because Jedi's weren't getting killed off. You know, Jedi's had a long life expectancy prior to the Clone Wars. Right. You just think with all the Jedi that were in the universe too. Uh, you know, they all die eventually, even before the war started. Yeah. So when they do die, where do they go? Do they get just go to their family? You know, if they had some, their parents, or do they, they must just bury them with them like they would, you know, an old knight. They burn them. You know, right. You put them on that boat, cross their arms with their sword in their hand, and you send them off the, the, the lava waterfall. I mean, they burn Jedi. The I always heard, and I don't know if this is canon. <clears throat> cremated but, them. Yeah, but they were Jedi's were always cremated. Well, then you think about like Order sixty six. You know, you wonder if like the like if I was a clone trooper, like I'd freaking I'd be out there taking all of them. Like after we killed them, like well, maybe they were ordered to turn them in. Yeah, you know, maybe Palpatine has a storage room full of them. This is legends. He just opens them and lightsabers just fall out of the door. To look, at him, oh, look at him! Look at him! I got a <laughs> I got a green one. <laughs> Still looking for a yellow one. They're like Pokemon <laughs> to the Emperor. Yeah. Uh, gotta get them all. This is Legends now, but there was a book series um, about Anakin Solo, um, where he uh, he went to an old planet and there was an old um, room, like a Darth Vader hangout, like a private private place where Darth Vader had a lot of his things away from the Emperor and the man he, cave he yeah he had like a Darth Vader man cave. Vader cave but Anakin Solo is able to hit the password to get into the room is Anakin so he uses his real name that's okay. um 
not very secure. <laughs> well, it makes sense being. But Obi Wan. Uh, but no when Anakin anything. Solo in Legends, when he went into this room, it's a kids' book. But when he goes in, it's uh, he Darth Vader held on to Obi Wan's robe and his lightsaber. Ah, after he kills him, that's interesting. Right. So some sentimental yeah. value from he, like, Master. Put it on. You think when no one was around, he would put it on and like pretend he was Obi Wan? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you knew their relationship was, like, bound and messed up. I mean, the guy called the guy Master for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Master. But they were brothers. Go ahead, B-Nob. Give us, give us a little bit. What? Of who? They were brothers. Come on. Give us the Ewan. She loved him. You were my brother, Anakin. <laughs> I loved you. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right. That was good, Chad. Thanks for that. Uh, I feel like we, there's so much more about lightsabers in the history that we could really, you could probably do a whole podcast yeah. on, on that. But uh, They're very cool. It's re- yeah, it's interesting. Indeed. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, <laughs> let's move on to B-Nob and his question of the day. Well, my question of the day goes along with the lightsabers. Um, I guess my first question, I, I have kind of like a two-part question now that we found out what lightsaber colors that we have. But the qu- sure. first question is talking about those lightsaber hilts. I don't know if you guys are familiar at all with them, but obviously lightsabers come in all shapes and sizes. But if you could choose a lightsaber hilt to go along with your color, what would it be? And do I need to give you options? And say I don't yeah. know that I know enough. I, yeah, about I think I, I think I need some options. Okay, I need to I need to research that because I feel like that's something we should know. But I I have not up to this point in my okay. life. Okay, so you have your standard, just single bladed lightsaber. Okay, you have your Yoda miniature lightsaber. Uh, you yeah, have. I mean, that's why Brian's. would you use that? Yeah, come on, I knew that was coming. Because okay. his tiny hands. You have your Count Dooku curved lightsaber. Wrong. <laughs> you have your Chad. Yours would be curved, wouldn't it? <laughs> you have your Darth Maul double bladed lightsaber. Um, and then obviously you have uh, your Kylo One cross cross guard. But there's so many other uh, lightsabers out there. I mean, even from. You know, Rebels, you have your Inquisitor lightsaber, which kind of spins. You have, which give you, like, helicopter abilities, which if yeah. you guys saw the season, can hover. season two of Rebels, I was Great. like, whoa, these guys are, you know, turning their lightsabers into, like, they can fly around with them. Uh, you have yeah. Ezra's with the blaster, you know. Yeah, that's cool. It's a cool one. So, I mean, there's some options for you guys. There's a lot of them out there. Um, you have your, uh, you know, you have the two... Um, uh, the uh, the Count Dooku's apprentice. What's her name? Chad Ventress. Ventress. She's yeah. got Ventress. her two curves that kind of link together. Right. I think. Right. Um. So you have a lot of options there. I mean, which one would you choose for yourself? I would. I would just do the single. Just keep it old school, traditional. Yeah, but there are variations even with that, aren't there? Like this, just the regular single lightsabers. There are different. Well, I think maybe like the design of the yeah, I would I would definitely keep though. a single one as well, um, but I would probably want something that makes it unique, like Other, a Vikings logo on it. Yeah, yes, the Vikings of of Star Wars. <laughs> <clears throat> um, when I was um, I'm going to tell you a little funny story about Star Wars in my answering of this oh, question. But when uh, when a Phantom Menace came out. Um, you know, that's when, like, the merchandising for Star Wars, like, really just went out of control with all this new stuff. So, you know, they yeah. had their, uh, they, had, they had their, uh, Darth Maul lightsabers come out. And the cool part about the lightsabers that, I, the Darth Maul lightsaber that I got was that it could come apart. So it was the, it was the double bladed, but then you could, it kind of twisted off the end, so you can have like two single ones. Um, I I had that lightsaber, and I was, and then I, my dad got me another lightsaber. So when my cousins would come over, I used to have lightsaber fights in my front yard as a child. 
and uh, I I battled one cousin, and I I got the great idea of I could pull like a uh, Darth Vader and Return of the Jedi and throw my lightsaber at them. <laughs> um, so I threw it at her, and she ended up kicking it up with her foot and hitting her straight above the eye and split her head open. Whoa. And cut cut it all open. My parents had to drive her down and my aunt and uncle had to come meet them. She had to get her oh whole head goodness. sewn up. They're but a the terrible person. But the traumatic the experience of that right. was I loved that lightsaber because it was Not I, your sister. I thought it was the coolest lightsaber <laughs> because it, it it separated and I could have two single lightsabers. <sighs> And she ruined it? She ruined it because I remember clearly before them leaving for the hospital, my dad taking that lightsaber. And I vividly remember my dad throwing that lightsaber in the trash. He was so mad at me. And I had to wait. I had to wait about – I was lightsaber free at the house for about two years until Attack of the Clones came out. And I wow. ended up – my dad brought me to the toy store. And bought me. It was Obi Wan's hilt lightsaber. It was Obi Wan's hilt, but it was a purple lightsaber. Uh, uh, so nice. I got. I finally got my purple lightsaber to replace. Hey. Um, that one. <laughs> but if I had a lightsaber, it'd probably be a double bladed one that I could separate and have two single ones. Yeah. So. That's cool. Both red. That's a cool, cool story. Was there a second part of the question? Yes. If you could invent a new lightsaber, what would it be? Man. Well, you know they have those toys where you can make your own now, right? <laughs> right, where it has where like 50 it, where blades it's like, coming it's out. It's like Wolverine Claw lightsaber where it's got a hook. Like my son has it. It's got a hooked thing and he's got three lightsabers coming off. And he's holding it like this, and he can slash like Wolverine, but they're like two feet long, Wolverine claw lightsabers. So, I mean, you could do that today. Right. You can make your own. Right. You can you make want, your own. Really. I don't know. I had the original one of that. They had to build your own lightsaber when Revenge of the Sith came out. Not like the now where you can build them all. And the crazy thing about those now is you can, is that the real lightsabers attached to it too. Like they're all connected. You know, what I would do is, you know, in uh, medieval times or even just, not even just, but the long, like, spears that you would, that, like, would be taller than you, that's what I would do. I'd make one that the, the hilt itself would be, like, as long as my forearm so I could hold it in my forearm and kind of, you know, put tuck it up against my body. But then the actual blade would be super long, too. Like, if I put the hilt into the ground, the blade would be taller than me. So it'd be like a super. It'd be like a spear lightsaber. I could use two hands to wield it. I could fling it around. I could throw it if I wanted, and then go back and get it. Or you can use the force to get somebody. it back. Oh, I, I just force power it back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't go get it. That's what I would do. A spear lightsaber, eight feet tall. Brian. I I would just keep it traditional. <laughs> I, I, you can't I'm, make I'm your not own. creative enough yeah, make to your own. <laughs> make my own. I mean, swords haven't changed that much through the years. I don't think. Let's make an axe lightsaber. Re- okay, an axe. Okay, I'll have an axe lightsaber. Like a hatchet or like a a big broad axe with two sides. Big big broad axe. Sick. I want them to I make a staff lightsaber for Ray. That's what I'm hoping for. Ugh, so stupid. So that staff is a lightsaber. Right. Right. It could be. That'd be cool. Just screws the, screws the top off. What? This has been here the whole time? <laughs> right. Hey, something to think about. <clears throat> All right. Well, I think we're ready to wrap this thing up. Appreciate you guys. Hey, man. Just stop. Stop. Just You're yawning. At the end, and I don't like it. If you could keep it together all the way through, it really would be appreciated. If you only knew. Um, We appreciate you listening to episode 17. Hope you enjoyed it. Join us next week for episode 18. And uh, be sure to check out our Facebook page, Star Wars Rant Podcast. Uh, Our Twitter account, at Star Wars Rant. 
our phone number. You can leave us a voicemail. 402-327-1138. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the way you, you can communicate with us. And we, we hope you do. Hope you're enjoying it. We know you're listening. We'd love to hear from you. Um, thanks for listening to us again tonight. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.